it put me on the right path to get through reg and then far. And that, that was, uh, that was a, a critical time. <laughs> I, was, I was definitely scared. And then, um, listening to the videos and hearing, hearing what you had to say, it, 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 uh, kind of helped confirm some things where, all right, you know, you don't need to sit here and do everything the, the review course is telling you to do. Here are some ways, not, not shortcuts or ways to get around things, but, uh, ways to actually learn it better and more effectively. Welcome to episode 42 of the CPA Exam Experience Podcast from Superfast CPA. I'm Nate, and in today's interview, you're going to hear me talk with Eric. Eric is a, he's now a CPA, and he was a Superfast CPA customer. And his uh, his general story or his study experience We've had a few people on the podcast that were similar to this, and I get a lot of emails that are very similar to this where someone will pass one or two sections and not really have any issues, and then a certain section really throws them for a loop, you know, and then the severity of that varies, obviously. You know, some people just like cannot pass far, and they've taken it four or five times, something like that. Sometimes it's even BEC or audit, and and it's just based on their background, there's just one section that you know really holds somebody up. That's not really the case with Eric. His story was he passed the first two, no problems. He passed, let's see, it was audit and BEC. And then he took reg and failed it once. And that kind of shook his confidence at the time. So he looked around online, you know, for, he was just really wanted to make sure that wasn't going to happen again. Found super fast CPA, used our strategies and study tools to just tighten up or slightly improve his, his study process, you know, and then he finished the last two. But in this interview, I guess the three main things I would say to listen for is number one, he, we cover how to prepare for the Sims quite a bit in this interview and, uh, or, or how someone's approach to the Sims kind of evolves. A lot of the interviews that we've done discuss this where in the beginning, people really are freaked out about the Sims and and rightly so in a lot of cases. However, the best way to prepare for them is kind of evolves into more of this indirect approach. And uh, you basically need to have listened to some of the past episodes to understand what I mean by that. We describe that in detail in our pro course as well. But Eric talks about this, so so listen for that, his approach to the Sims. The second thing to listen for would be the key difference. That's kind of one of the main items in this interview is as I was talking with him, I said, okay, well, so you failed reg that first time. What would you say the key difference was in your approach, the key thing that changed? And, you know, it's it's those kind of breakthroughs, which is probably why you listen to this podcast in the first place, is to hear, you know, on this wide scale among amongst a bunch of different successful candidates, what were the breakthroughs that they had? I mean, what were they trying originally that didn't work? What are the things they figured out that did start to work? So he describes that. And then the third thing would be, again, multiple people on these interviews have described this process where they would make a written plan on paper of the lessons, like the daily breakdown. So the the structure for their study schedule written out on paper slash their overall study plan. And they would just track that on paper. Now, that's, that is something that I never did, but it makes a lot of sense and and now when I uh, kind of write my goals out and, and journal or my to-do list, it's all within this one. Basically, I use a bullet journal. So it's very a very similar idea. I have switched from using 
a bunch of online to-do lists and stuff like that to this uh, written on paper, just overall, I have just one notebook where everything I'm trying to do and work on and accomplish in my to-do lists and schedule is all in this written notebook. So even though I didn't use that at the time when I was studying, the idea makes a lot of sense to me because switching over to this everything's in one notebook written by hand has been helped me be way more productive and just always know where I'm at, what I'm trying to accomplish that day versus when I had stuff in Evernote and to-do lists and uh, what's it called? Like Asana or Trello. So Eric gives a really good description of that process and then how he uses that specifically as he gets close to a uh, to an exam how he uses that to implement his uh, his final review or the way that he did his final review. And then, of course, the description of how he did a final review and the things he did in the last few days before an exam. So before we get into the interview, if you haven't yet, the best place for you to start with Superfast CPA to get exposed to some of the, or to get a base understanding of, you know, the strategies that you will hear me and these uh, the interviewees discuss on these interviews would be our free one-hour study training, where we go through pretty quickly, it's in webinar format, these trainings take one hour, and we go through the core ideas behind our study strategies. And so what you're really learning from these trainings is how to have the perfect two-hour main study session with your review course, it doesn't matter what review course you're using, and then to, to frame that, or the key pieces, we cover the six key pillars that every successful study process will have. So these key ingredients that your study recipe must include, or you know, you're going to be missing something. And we've refined what's on these trainings from doing these interviews. As I as I've done like 30 or 40 of these interviews, it started to become clear to me, like, okay, there are these basically there are these six things that every single candidate that I'm talking with, you know, someone who has figured out how to pass these CPA exams, there's about six things that they all have in common. And there are different ways of doing those six things. But these six things, like every time they all have some element of this. And so in the training, we cover that with the backdrop being how to implement that and have this the perfect two-hour study session each day. With the claim being, of course, that on weekdays or workdays, that two-hour session is all you need with your main review course. That's part of the whole super fast CPA thing. Part of our philosophy is you don't need to have a four or five hour main study session every day. There's a different way of doing it. And it will all make perfect sense. It's not about crazy shortcuts or loopholes or anything. But when you see how we describe it on the training, it will make complete sense. So to register for one of those trainings, go to our main site, superfastcpa.com. It's the main thing on the homepage. You can click the button, see the upcoming training times. Just pick a time when you can attend for the full hour and pay attention because this is one hour that will literally save you months and months of time and frustration. So all that being said, let's get into this interview with Eric. So you said in your, uh, uh, on your thing you submitted, you're, you're done, right? You recently passed your fourth one? Yeah, in December. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're deep into this year. It's weird. It's September. So that's been a while ago. But yeah, congrats yeah, on being had, done. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it, was a, it was just about exactly two years. So so I uh, just made the cut. But um, yeah, nice. December 19th is when I got the score. 
Okay. Um, and so where you, uh, you also mentioned you, I mean, you're currently in the military. Is that right? I'm a, a civil servant. So a civilian. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. And what in your career, like what pushed you to do the CPA? So undergrad, I, I did MIS in, uh, in accounting and then I went to grad school for accounting and my t- intent was really to stay in you know, traditional accounting, uh, career. And I interned with the Air Force starting as a junior and then uh, was offered a job when I graduated, took about a year off roughly from school. And then I went back and did my master in accountancy. Um, So I always wanted to eventually sit for the CPA exam, even though I didn't typically, I didn't, I didn't really need to um, Mm -hmm. per se. So, uh, so yeah, actually from between grad school and starting the exams was almost um, eight, nine years. Okay. So it was quite a while, quite a separation from me being in school to actually sitting for them. Okay. And so it was mostly you just finally got around to it or was there a certain thing in your job where it would instantly give you a big promotion or something like that? No, it was, it was not job related. Um, again, it was just, a, it was a goal I had uh, okay. with, with the academic part of it. Um, for a few different reasons, you know, I wanted, uh, because of, because of what I studied, I wanted to eventually sit for it. it would, you know, certainly help in the career aspect of it, but also part of it, uh, you know, I enjoyed the analytics part, analytics part of it. I wanted, you know, that business credential and, uh, you know, I mean, in my own, in my own life, eventually maybe, you know, sort of a thing where I'd hang my own shingle and, and go do something on, you know, something else, something on my own possibly, but I wanted not to keep all my I guess you could say, uh, you know, focus in one area, but, but follow through to the end with, with actually sitting for the exam. So it was kind of multi-pronged. It wasn't just, you know, cause I got my master's degree in accounting, but those few things together, you know, eventually uh, ultimately wanting to do something, uh, going out on my own possibly, or just keeping o- doors open is what really yeah. wanted, made me want to do it. Okay. Okay. And so once you decided that, what, what did you do in the beginning? Uh, look around online, I'm guessing, chose a review course and you just got started watching videos in your review course? Yeah, sort of. I, I did a lot of research before I started. Like I said, there was a lot of, there were several years before I started uh, the exams between grad school and starting. So um, there were several military related courses I took and that's kind of, I wanted to get those out of the way and that took a few years to get through and having kids and and, uh, you know, just life in general. And then yeah. event, when I was 33, I said, all right, it's either time to do it or not. So time to go. And about six-ish months before, six to eight months, I, I was researching every, you know, the basic part of it, just even signing up and uh, getting registered. And then I talked to other people who were, you know, CPAs that I knew and how they studied what they, what they used. I, I met with a professor of mine who's, who was sort of a mentor going through grad school and uh, just talked to her about what, what I needed to do being in my position <laughs> that separated from, from school. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I did a lot of online research, talking to other people, peers, and then, uh, you know, going back to where I went to school, I uh, talked with professors about the best way to, to approach this and eventually uh, settled on a review course and um, 
signed up and started started studying. Okay, and and what did that look like in the beginning? Uh, you just would watch the video. I mean, you sign into your review course and just kind of assumed you should use everything in it, watching the lecture, read the text. Yes. Yeah, so the, yeah, yeah. So I, I was I knew that with me working, having been separated from from school for a while. And uh, just having having two kids and a, and a family, um, it was going to be. I was not going to race through this, so I yeah. took a super thorough approach. With you know, all right, I'm I'm going to sit and listen to every lecture. I'm going to do every simulation. I'm going to do everything possible that Becker says in the review. That's what I used. Mm-hmm. But uh, everything you know, they say to do. And for the first two exams, it actually worked. I did <laughs> everything in the review course. I passed the first two exams, which and I. I started out with auditing. I wouldn't personally, if I had to go back and do it again, I would not take auditing first, but I did it for me as kind of a, I guess, sort of a confidence booster. So I, you know, it was shorter. I thought it might be a little easier to pass. I did pass it. So that, I mean, that part of it worked out, but yeah, I did, uh, I did sit down and do everything um, that the review course had, had in it. And my, my schedule was sort of working full time, come home, take care of the family. And then, once they go to bed around eight o'clock, I would study from then until midnight, one, two, three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was the approach every, every day. And then most days all day on the weekend, of course, I'd have some days where I wouldn't, but, uh, that was, that was it for the first two exams. So audit. And then what was the second one? BEC. Okay. I took BEC next. Um, again, I probably in hindsight would recommend not doing those two first, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I but, mean, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, I don't think it's like the biggest deal, but yeah, in general, probably, well, I guess I should just ask you why, why do you say that in hindsight? Cause the, I, yeah, I, I, the difficulty level and the amount yeah. of material, yeah. the amount yeah. of material I think that you start to encounter in reg and far is just, uh, it's, it's just a lot more. Yeah. I mean, and that's it. So uh, reg, I think technically is more difficult for the amount of materials immense. So, you know, I kind of got, not to say I got a little cocky, but I, I was definitely confident that I could continue passing exams. And then I took reg and failed it. Okay. So, so that's what, that's what spurred me. I, I started doing more research. Okay. I, I wasn't going to let that happen again because, you know, at that point I was already, closing in on one year and you know with the window I didn't want to let anything lapse so I started after I failed reg I did a bunch of research on what what I needed to go back and change in my study approach found your website online um, ended up buying the course and uh, changed my my approach on it was with reg the second time okay and what did you change about your approach you know, based on watching our videos or, or whatever it was, like what, what was the big uh, breakthrough for you or what did you change the most? So I knew from grad school and, and undergrad what worked for me. And I think that's super important for anyone is, is knowing what studying techniques and, and methods work for you. And for me, it was reading the text and outlining. And then, uh, and what I changed is I didn't listen to every lecture and I didn't do that sort of, I can't remember what they call it, but sort of that uh, additional video where you walk through and kind of do a problem that's like a simulation, but not really. Okay. 
And then, uh, so I, I, I totally threw that part of it out. I didn't sit down and outline along with the videos. Um, I went through read and outlined by hand everything. And then I would listen to your audios in the car. So, which, which, you know, is kind of, <laughs> it wasn't always fun just listening, you know, not listening to anything else for months. But oh, I uh, agree. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that would, that was, you know, that's what I told myself. I said, Look, if you want to pass this, so this is, this is what, you know, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So taking your approach and then, you know, a big part of what I took away was, you know, focusing on shorter, more, uh, intentional study sessions. I didn't necessarily take the two hour blocks and just do those. Um, for me, studying in the morning wasn't, you know, wasn't going to work. I'm not, you know, I wasn't ready to pop up at five or six o'clock in the morning, study yeah. for two hours and then, uh, and then go to work. What worked for me is just coming home. I had changed my diet, I, everything. I mean, I, I, how I, how I ate, I fasted throughout <laughs> the day so that, so that I would, I, for me mentally, I was able to stay more crisp later in the day if I wasn't eating. So I would have one meal and then, and then hit the books. And, um, but I would, I switched that just to reading, outlining, and then doing questions and questions and questions over and over and over again. Yeah. And so, so I guess the main difference was you were before that you were spending a lot of time watching uh, video lectures and that just tech just didn't translate, I guess. Or just it, it was yeah. a time thing mostly. I think, I don't know. I think it was many things. Um, I, I spent a lot of time, you know, watching the videos and not to say they weren't helpful. I, they certainly were. And, and what I tried at some points was maybe listening to those lectures in the car. I found that difficult because they followed along through the book and, you know, yeah. they're referencing, you know, material in the book and now outline this and write this mnemonic and this, that, and the other. And for me, it was, it was just easier to listen to your audio where you're walking through concepts. And I would re-listen to those. I'd go through it and then re-listen and re-listen and re-listen um, in the car. And, uh, uh, but yeah, I, the big thing that changes, I, I dropped that video watching part out of it and just focused on reading and outlining, note-taking and questions and questions over and over and over. Yeah. Uh- and then, so in your own words, because yeah, I mean, that, that is what we tell people to do, you know, spend as much time as you can doing what you're going to be doing on test day, working through the questions. You're, you're trying to get good at answering the questions. It's a different thing to like learn the material uh, in lecture format, like watching the video lecture, then you can go to the questions and still be confused. So you're better off spending time up front getting good at questions, the context of questions, how do they ask questions? What topics are you seeing questions on within a lesson? Anyway, so in your own words, what were you, as you would go through questions, what was your process? When would you take the time to make notes on a certain thing or how would you make notes? Or just what, how would you describe your process of using the questions as like a learning tool? So, like I said, I spent time reading and outlining, and I I don't think everyone has to do that as much. I felt I did because of the time lapse Mm -hmm. from school, just to relearn some material and things that had changed. But what I did, as far as the questions, um, like you said, there's a lot of technique 
and how you're answering that, how it's asked, you know, being able to hone in on different things. I mean, there were some things I was able to pinpoint answers or maybe narrow it down to a couple just based on how things were asked. Yeah. Uh, and the concept being mentioned, you know, even a couple answers might not stick out or, or might, you know, you might just key you in like, okay, these are not, you know, what the question's getting after. Mm -hmm. um, for questions, when I would go through, it depended, I'd say more often than not, I would the first time around, if, especially if it was something I hadn't covered as in depth, you know, as, as thoroughly, or if it's something I hadn't seen in a while or didn't remember from school, I wouldn't get a lot right. And uh, I would spend time on the ones I didn't get right, obviously. Yeah. And not that I wouldn't necessarily make a ton of notes about each one, because for me, it wasn't, I wanted to cover as much material as possible in, in any given study session. So I didn't spend, yeah. you know, I, if I missed, let's say I took a 20 question quiz and I, I wouldn't go back and if on the eight I got wrong or whatever it was, I wouldn't spend two hours on those eight. I would make note of the concept that I missed. But then what I definitely would do also is the ones I got right, I would still try to absorb what it was that was right about that. Because yeah. what I found is in a lot of cases, maybe I narrowed it down to two and I got lucky and picked the right one, you know, mm -hmm. where when I went back and read it and I saw it, I'd say, okay, well, this one actually, the one, <laughs> maybe a different one looked better, but I wanted to definitely not ignore, not you know, just gloss over the ones I did get right. So that was super, super important for me is just not looking at the score and then focusing on the ones I got wrong. Uh, but at the same time, I wouldn't spend a ton of time on those ones I got wrong. I would go back and, 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 and uh, just focus on more and more questions. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a big thing is uh, coverage of everything is, is better than going deep on individual topics. I mean, especially towards the end of the study process, when you're close to an exam, it makes sense to go back to your, you know, weak areas and go into the full lessons on these four or five topics that you struggle with, but your time's better spent on coverage of everything, just keeping going. And were, were you doing sets of like a big, a big thing we talk about is, is re-review. So you're yeah. hitting all the stuff you've been through daily yeah. instead of saving it all for the end. Mm -hmm. Did you have some part of that you were working in? I mean, you, I, you were listening to the audios over and over. So that's one form of re-review. But were you doing uh, sets of questions from your, the previous stuff you'd been through as well? So I would go in with a plan where I would build that in. Mm -hmm. Basically, a, like a, a daily review. And you know, truth be told, I was in such a rush to not, not rush really, but I wanted to cover as much material as possible. So I would, you know, almost subconsciously think, well, if I go back and do re-review, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting as much material in a day as I, as I need to be. Mm -hmm. But what I found is I would force myself to do that. Even if it was just 10 questions on let's say I, I was, you know, six modules or chapters through and I had two left, I would make myself sit down, at, especially I got more disciplined towards the end and, and reg and, and far. I would go back and even just 10 questions where I would cover a comprehensive set of material. 
So I think because I noticed um, in the first two, even though I did pass them, I noticed that because it might have been two months since I had seen that information, you know, whatever was at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I got lucky with the first two and without doing a whole lot of, you know, reviewing what I had covered every day. Yeah. Uh, But I knew, I knew that was super important for reg and far for me. So like I said, if I had more time and I was spending a ton of time on this, I mean, I, I was basically after work, I would stay and study or go somewhere and study until nine, 10 o'clock on weekdays and then all day on Saturdays. <laughs> so, yeah. um, that was that. And like I said, I don't think that's necessary for, for everybody. Um, but for me, I think just having that distance from being in school and not being in a traditional accounting uh, environment was, was necessary for me. So the, the, re- the reviewing part of it was critical. It, it helped keep things fresh. Right. Uh, that was just one of my biggest, it was when I was taking FAR the first time and I had just, what I just said, I had spent my last two weeks trying to perfect these, like the hardest topics and then getting in there and seeing all these questions that seemed pretty simple, just these conceptual questions. And I just could not remember and just having the realization like, okay, whether I fail or pass this one from here on out, I'm going to review everything that I've been through on a daily basis because I'm just can't remember these simple things. Cause there's just so many topics and I right. spent time going deep on five or six topics when this thing covers like 200, 250 topics. So yeah, absolutely. That's a big, uh, big realization. And you mentioned your note taking process was that just traditional notes uh, in a notebook and you'd review them later or were you making flashcards? What, what was your note taking process? So, so go, like I said, going in, I, I went, you know, I thinking, okay, I'm going to, you know, I bought the, the final exam review. I bought the note cards and I, you know, was thinking, okay, I'm going to do all of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I did use the final review to some degree, but once I started switching and using more of my tradition, what worked for me, reading and note taking, just like you said, traditional note taking in a notebook. You know, I know people who who flashcards work really well for them. Making their own flashcards really work for them. But um, for me, the flashcards didn't help as much. For me, it, it was it was just long note taking, and I would go back and reread some of those notes. But I didn't, you know, just due to the number of hours in a day, I didn't always have time to go back and thoroughly mm-hmm. read through what I wrote down. But if I knew if I wrote it down and that this is, you know, it's what worked before for me. So yeah, writing it down, even if it, if it was just once, and maybe if I just got to go back and look at it once or twice in the future or just glancing over it, that's what, that's what helped me as far as note taking. And then, you know, I find that I, I would, a lot of times get too in depth in my note taking. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, like anything, you get better at saying, okay, this, you know, this, you don't need to write all of this down yeah. or this just is not something that's, you know, you know, after having taken the exams, <laughs> you know, taken a couple, at least you kind of say, okay, that I, I know that this level of detail, you know, may or may not be covered, but, I know what I need to write down to, to be comfortable uh, with a question for it. Yep. So that is one thing that I think it may, maybe not unique to the CPA exams, but 
it's uh it's proof that these are just different than college exams whereas every single person i've talked to on these interviews that has figured out how to pass their exams had some form of note taking or making flashcards and i i don't think you can get around that with with these there's just so much material you kind of mentioned the key thing. You can't take notes on every single thing, obviously. Like you don't want to, you don't have time to basically rewrite the textbook. No. But as you go through the first time, things will start to come together. You do the, you're doing the daily re-review. The things that you should be really putting in your own words and writing down are the things that you continually forget or struggle to understand, kind of like what you said. And, and those are the things that you have to write down. But at some point, every single person has mentioned they had some form of taking notes. I just, I don't think you can get through the CPA exams without that. Yeah. It, it, it's, I think just mentally it, it helps. And I, I found, I, I even tried note taking with typing and I think, you know, I read about typing versus writing, you know, as far as you know, remembering or, you know, just, uh, how yeah, the connections in your brain. Right. Yeah. Right. I found for me, I, I think just writing it because it's slower, I tended to retain more, I think, with that, with that method. But um, you could probably, you know, you're going to cover more in, in typing and, and it might be more organized and easier to read, you know, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think it is super critical just the, the way the human brain works that if you write it down, even just once, and it's something that you take from the text and not just copy the text down. Exactly. Write it in a way that your brain thinks. Yes. Uh, in a way that your brain will, will remember it. Yeah. And if you kind of work through and restructure it in a way, I would always, I would try to do that when I was writing is I would translate whatever's in the text to what made sense to me. So. That, that is exactly, yeah. That's exactly what I was trying to say, I think. You have to, take things and put it in your own words because it's one thing to read the explanation on a question and think okay that makes sense i'll remember that and then that i think that was my big struggle on my first time on far when i failed it was i had i didn't take notes throughout the study process even though i spent a lot of time and it was getting in there and seeing questions on stuff that i had covered but i don't think i fully grasped and so when i wasn't seeing it like i saw it in my review course i just could not make the connection and it's that process of putting things in your own words so that you're understanding the uh i don't know kind of you're you're you have a deeper understanding of what's really happening instead of just memorizing words yeah exactly okay and what about sims how did you prepare for those did you use practice sims a lot in your study process how did you approach that so i i mean like probably anyone taking it they scared me but i i found that i had to do them Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, no matter what you, you have to go through them and I stopped towards the end worrying so much about getting them right all the time. I would just give it my best shot and then work through it afterwards and see what I got wrong. But I think, you know, understanding and seeing a variety of ways that those questions were structured, yeah, um, helped me on test day. But I also think taking it, just doing multiple choice over and over and over again mm-hmm. helped me prepare for those as well. I, I, I think, um, yeah. so I do think those are critical to do just so you 
at least go through the motions of answering them mm -hmm. and reading them and trying to figure them out because those are obviously the longer ones. You want to have ample time at the end or when you get to those sections to sit through them and you're not rushing. But uh, I, di I didn't spend, you know, tons and tons of time sitting, going through them. I would do, yeah. I, when I would go through and do reviews, you know, let's say if I had, if I did 10 or 20 multiple choice to review a comprehensive set of information, I might throw in one or two simulations to work through. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's a very similar answer to almost everyone else that I've interviewed on these is uh, like, yes, you need to, you use practice sims to get an idea of just how they work. I mean, you have to go through some to just see what they look like, how you fill them out, that kind of thing. But then to really understand the underlying concepts, the multiple choice and spending a lot of time with those is almost better preparation than endlessly doing practice sims. And so what was your test day experience on the reg? The time you took reg and you failed it, were you running out of time on the sims? Uh, or what was your test day experience on, yeah, the time when you failed reg versus when you went back in and, and passed it? Was there any big difference time-wise or how you felt quickly? Not, not a, Go ahead. Not, I wouldn't say a huge time difference. I, in any time I sat down for the exam, I didn't try to I – di I didn't care if I had time at the end. I mean, it was, I wasn't trying to get done in two hours. Um, yeah, right. You know, so I, I tried to spend enough time. I mean, the way I practiced going through multiple choice questions is I tried to answer them, you know, kind of on an average amount of time that I knew I'd have in the exam. If, if, if I was actually practicing, if I was just sitting trying to learn concepts, I would take more time. Mm -hmm. But that time that I did not, that I failed reg, I, I do remember that when I was on like the last question and I ran out of time. Um, that didn't happen when I passed it, mm -hmm. but I didn't have, you know, 45 minutes, an hour left over either. I mean, I probably, I, I don't remember exactly what I had left, but it would have been probably in somewhere on the order of, you know, 10 ish or so minutes. But yeah, that I think for reg was due to the, I think the technical difficulty in that one. Yeah. Um, those simulations just took longer. Right. So, um, that was definitely an area where, uh, I, I remember walking out of there and calling my wife and, and saying, yeah, I, I, I definitely ran out of time on that question. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The Sims on far and reg are, are crazy on test day. Mm -hmm, uh, yeah. You, and you probably heard me say it in those videos is the ones that you'll get will seem so confusing and so much harder than what you've seen in your practice Sims that, and you did mention this, what basically the best strategy for test day you know, you want to be prepared and know the material, obviously, but on test day, the best thing you can really do is leave yourself plenty of time on the Sims because it takes a long time just to read through them and even understand what it's wanting you to do. So. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because I think when you, when you're practicing multiple choice, you know, you get the used to the way things may be asked or concepts, how they may be brought up or, or, you know, uh, just in general, understand how things how things are structured or have an idea at least, but you have no idea when you get to the simulation. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it, 
definitely leaving, you know, plenty of time for that. I, 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 I don't remember the exact math I had worked out in my head as far as how much time I should be spending on each multiple choice question. But I knew by the time, because I had done so many, you know, practice, not tons, but I had done practice exams. And then I knew based on the many quizzes I would take, uh, I knew, you know, as I was going through, I was comfortable enough. That's what I, for me, it was not just learning the material, but practicing the actual event mm-hmm. over and over again through mini quizzes or actual simulation. So that when I sat down for the exam, I was very comfortable in, and not nervous about uh, time and how I was progressing through. I knew if I looked at the clock and there, it was, you know, roughly this amount of time and I was on this question, this number, and I had this much left, I knew I had to pick it up or if I was good or if, you know, maybe I could, if I had a little leeway I could take. So leaving time, you gotta, you have to leave ample time, but, but definitely being comfortable and going through the actual exam itself is like I said, practicing that event is, is super critical for me, was critical for me. Right. Yeah. And, and again, that is a big thing on test day, you know, just not freaking out and being, uh, again, spending so much time on the multiple choice during your study process solves a lot of those problems on test day because you're just, you've done so many multiple choice questions and, uh, reviewed so many solutions that you're just, you're just comfortable with the multiple choice and you just will naturally get done in time that you have plenty of time for the Sims and you're not, you know, rushed or stressing out. So yeah, that's basically what you said. And then you mentioned doing, so were you doing full practice exams or, or my last question is basically how did you treat a final review or what was your, the last week before an exam, how did you deal with that? I would try to build into my, I would have a calendar for each exam and every day I would tick off basically what I had planned to do. It, it almost never went to plan, but I would always build in two weeks at the end for final review. At least I would try to. And what would normally happen is I'd get close to like seven to, seven to 10 days roughly of, of final review, less on the ones that I failed. So I knew that was a part of it. But the last week to two weeks, if I had it for, for final review, would be going back and I would take, I think for the first couple, the, what I would do is I, right when I started final review, I would take a simulation just to kind of gauge where I'm at. And then also get, getting comfortable with sitting down and working through that amount of material on that particular section. Mm-hmm. So. I would take the exam and then I would spend, if, depending on if that was a weekend day or, or for a weeknight, I would, if it was a week night and I took the exam, uh, I would t- the next day, the next evening, I would take and re- review everything in that exam, things I got right and wrong. And then what I would do in between taking the, the next mock exam is I would essentially take a bunch of mini tests. So I would, depending like on 10 questions or so. So once I had gone through everything, if I'm, if I remember right for far and, and reg, I would do a 30 question. Okay, 30. Quiz. Yeah. yeah. 30. So with that, I'm at least hitting 
maybe a couple to three questions on each part of the exam, you know, each, yeah. each chapter that was in the, in the, in the review course. So, you know, and hopefully it would, you know, break it down at the end, you know, th- these questions came from this area and this is what you got right and wrong, but I would review all those. And I would just do that over and over and over again, 30 question sets with two or three simulations, yep. um, basically spending about 10% of the time on simulations and the rest of the time on, on uh, multiple choice. And I would, in between mock exams, I would do that over and over and over again, and almost to the point where I felt like taking, you know, taking, which I do think taking mock exams is important, but I almost felt more benefit out of the 30 question sets yeah. because that was a lot more like, you know, what, what the exam is going to look like, at least that those structures or th- that amount of questions, it's shorter and I would have time built in there on a daily basis to go back and review that. Mm-hmm. So if I took a mock exam, I might not review that material to the next day. Right. Whereas if I'm taking a 30 question set with three simulations or two simulations, then I definitely would have time in that same day when I took that to go back and review it. Yeah. And hopefully get through two or three sets of that in a day. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the, uh, the sets of 30 versus the full mock exam. I kind of like, I don't know if this is a great analogy, but if you're going to run a marathon, you know, you very rarely go out and run marathons for practice. You usually are running like legs, you know? Yeah. Right. Okay. So that we kind of went through everything. Um, The last question I ask is, I mean, even if, even if we covered it, what would be your top two or three tips you'd give to somebody that's still studying? I think I would, I would recommend going, you know, remembering what worked for you in college. For me, it was having, forcing myself to go back and just outline and read and learn the material. I, I always felt that to lessen the anxiety about the time that you had between whenever, wherever you're at and the exam, I would put it down on a calendar. I would print out a calendar and every day I'd say, okay, I'm going to cover this module, you know, and I'm going to outline it and I'm going to take, you know, a multiple choice set on it or whatever it was. I would write down for each day what I wanted to get done. And I would do that through the end of the whole section. And like I said, it rarely went to plan because things Mm -hmm. would come up, but but at least if I put it down and I saw how much time I had, and then I would try to build in that two week review period, I would do that knowing I'm probably not going to get that two weeks, but at least I might get eight, nine, 10 days yeah. of review. And then if I missed a day, I would always, you know, going through it, I would always look forward and say, okay, I know this, this is a shorter section. So if I miss this day, I can probably double up here. But, but I think a recommendation would be just putting it down on paper and planning out the whole section, knowing it's not going to go to that plan, but that way, at least it's down on paper and it frees you of having to worry about if you have enough time or not, because you can see it on paper, what you have. Yeah. um, I think knowing, knowing your study, methods, what works for you, putting it down on paper, the plan. And I, I would, I would personally, I didn't talk about how I was progressing through with a lot of people, but I did have, you know, I did talk to my wife about it on a, on a almost daily basis about how things, you know, what it was looking like, how I felt and I having an outlet there to bounce ideas off. And even though she wasn't sitting down for the exam or sitting for the exam, she would 
she would be able to say, well, you know, maybe this makes more sense. Or maybe this doesn't make sense or that, you know, that part worked for you or doing mm-hmm. that work for you. So having someone to talk to about it, I also, you know, have a friend who's sitting for the exam. So I would talk to him as well. But I think doing those things and, and being confident and in, in knowing what works for you and not necessarily listening to directions saying, you know, you must you must do these things exactly this way. And this is the way you, you, you'll, you'll pass if, if you do these things, mm-hmm. um, you know, isn't necessarily always right, but being confident in, in your own methods and then, you know, putting that down on paper on how you progress through it. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. Overall it is, I think that's the biggest thing I preach to people is this is all you pass the exams based on your daily routine. And there's so many people that, like you said, are just uh, trying to do everything they're told, like a checklist. Big parts of that can be huge wastes of time if it's not something that like works for you personally. Yeah. So getting to where you're just comfortable with your daily approach to the whole thing, and then obviously just executing it every day. So, Absolutely. yeah. But again, thank you for taking the time. These have been really valuable to people. I've got so many emails from people that were, I don't know, really struggling with the daily process and say that these podcasts just help them identify or just kind of conglomerate strategies from all these different interviews. So, yeah, I, th- I think pe- people don't, like I said, talking to people helped, you know, I didn't talk to a lot of people, but a couple. And I think maybe this, this is a way for other people to hear, you know, if they're not working with a ton of people sitting for exams, they can, you know, they're hearing struggles or, you know, mm-hmm lack of confidence in an area or, you know, uncertainties that people have dealt with that they're dealing with. So it's, it's, you know, it, that I think is, is, is helpful. I, I didn't, you know, obviously have that when I was going through it, but I definitely can see we're hearing what other people have struggled with and what they did to, to rectify things uh, would be super valuable. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. That's what multiple people have said is hearing these helps people feel like they're almost part of a community kind of working on the same thing because a lot of people have like a non-traditional route to the CPA and they're just by themselves. Like they're the only accountant at their company or whatever. And they're just trying to do this and they're not, you know, 22 doing it with like the 10 other people they were hired with. So. Right. All right, man. Well, I don't want to take up much more of your time, but yeah, congrats on being done. That's, that's awesome. Thank you very much. And thanks for your help. I mean, it was, it was definitely, uh, it put me on the right path to get through reg and then far. And that, that was a, that was a, a critical time. <laughs> I, yeah. was, I was definitely scared. And then um, listening to the videos and hearing, hearing what you had to say, it, it, it uh, kind of helped confirm some things where, all right, you know, you don't need to sit here and do everything the, the review course is telling you to do. Here are some yeah. ways, not, not shortcuts or ways to get around things, but, uh, ways to actually learn it better and more effectively. Right. All right, Eric. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. So thank you for being on the call and congrats on being done. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So that was the interview with Eric. I'm sure you found that very helpful. He had a lot of really good insights. And uh, the, the thing about these interviews that are so helpful besides the, you know, the study tactics and strategies you get specifically are just some of the big picture insights and and these successful candidates being able to put into words, you know, things that you've probably 
struggled with or weren't even realizing you were struggling with or something you were doing wrong or making a mistake that you weren't realizing was a mistake at the time. So uh, this interview was was full of those just kind of insights. He put into words a lot of things that I think a lot of candidates struggle with, as well as just describing in detail a lot of his key strategies that, you know, helped him pass his four CPA exams. So if you found this interview helpful, please take a minute and find the podcast on the podcast app where you listen to these, specifically the Apple Podcasts. Just search Superfast CPA, find the podcast, leave a rating and review. That's the best way to, you know, support the free content side of things that we do here at Superfast CPA. And the other obvious thing to do would be to share this podcast with someone you know who's also working on their CPA exams because I maintain that this is the most helpful resource for someone working on their CPA exams available anywhere online, you know, besides, you know, maybe like free study questions. But I would even say this is more helpful to hear from other CPA candidates who have recently gone through the process and passed their exams. The, again, the insights and then the actual strategies that people talk about on these different interviews are just extremely helpful. And all the emails we get about the podcast, you know, attest to that. So thank you for listening and I will see you on the next episode.